whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's going on, everybody? It's Memphis, and with me, as always, is my main man, uh, the man of the hour, the man with the power, Mr. Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what's going on tonight? Thank God I got power tonight because it is so frigid. Oh. Even, and I'm, I'm in I'm in the back. I'm in the back room. See, the wife doesn't want me. I can't do this in the living room, so I got to do it in the back corner of the back room. And do you think the heat reaches here, Andy? Uh, uh, no. Oh, oh, no, no, no. No, it reaches as much as our basement. But uh, uh, that that was the obligatory weather spot here on the Dynasty War Zone. So uh, before we get rolling, I do want to make sure that we point out that we are the flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com, and we are proud members of the Dynasty Football Network. That's at yes, DF sir. underscore network on, tw- on the Twitters. So you can check that out. And before we go any further, I want to make sure that uh, everyone knows this uh, – this podcast tonight goes out to a special young man in Kentucky named Peter. Peter, this one's for you, buddy. Um, so, Jerry, uh, let's talk about the Listener League. So, we are officially into two-league range. How about that? You're going avo- to avoid me. We're, g- we're going to do this later uh, in the summer. Well, not in the summer, spring. Um, right after the NFL draft. And, and you're going to take 11 of these sports fans, and I'm going to take 11 of these sports fans. And we're going to rough them up. We're going to rough them up in startup drafts, and we're going to rough them up in trades, and we're going to do all kinds of uh, wickedly bad things to those guys. Oh, yeah. I'm playing to win in 2019. Absolutely. Um, there, there, there is no, uh, what, what, what do they call it when uh, there's a term for a progressive struggle. There is no progressive struggle in this dojo. We go hard. We come out uh, like, like, like a funny car, like a zero to 60 in two seconds. Then burn out fast. No, just kidding. But no, for everyone in the listener league, um, I think you know who you are at this point. It's looking like Monday, May sixth at this point is is for the listener league, and uh, that that's the the look ahead machine. Now, I didn't get a chance to preface this last week because I was so excited to have Jay Mike check on, but last week you might have noticed a very special Ric Flair laden intro and outro here to the Dynasty War Zone. That's because Ric Flair is talking about being the man, and uh, that's a very special intro for Tom Brady. Um, Jerry and I are going to give you our Super Bowl predictions real quick. Jerry, you want to go first or you want me to do the honors? Either way, go ahead. All right, man. I I will do my prediction. I am going to go touchdown Tommy Brady and those New England Patriots 34-28 over the Rams. I uh, think Bill Belichick has made many a young quarterback look like a young quarterback, and I don't think Mr. Goff is going to be any exception. So I think experience is going to win out, and I don't think this is the last time we see McVay in the Super Bowl. And uh, I don't think it's the last time we see Tom Brady, at least in 2019. He said definitively just the other day that he's going to be back. But at any rate, I'm going to say 34-28 New England, and Gronk is my MVP. Look at this guy. Hey, man, go big or go home, kid. All right. Hurts my soul. New England Patriots, man. 31-21. I think they're going to be up by, you know, four, three. 
and they're going to score a touchdown with, you know, four minutes left and put it up, you know, 10 or 11. And the Rams are going to try their best and not get it done. And touchdown Tom's going to do what touchdown Tom does and lose his jersey and add another ring to the to his fingers. But MVP, I didn't even think about the MVP. I'm not going to go Brady. That's a cop out. Yeah, that, that, that. that's why I went Gronk. And I can't really see it being a running back or a defensive guy. So no, maybe so, Ma- I mean, that leaves that leaves one other person because I'm not going to go Gronk. I'm going to go Edelman. We'll go. We'll go that guy. Maybe he makes another one of those outrageous catches like he did. When was that? Two years ago when he caught that one that was just off the turf. Oh, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll go. And we'll, go Edelman, and we'll go Patriots by 10. You know, I, I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm a Colts fan. I think everybody knows that. But, dude, Julian Edelman's tougher than a $2 steak. He is tougher than a Waffle House pork chop, Jerry. What do you think I think about that? Tougher than a Waffle House pork chop. I stole that, Jerry. Let, let's get on to the news. I'll, I'll play a little news drop for you. This is the news. All right, well, some of this news is going to be a hair dated because it came out just after we recorded last week. So uh, the, the big one for me is for all you Dynasty folk out there that held on to Larry Fitzgerald, I got good news for you. He signed a one-year $11 million deal to come back with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. And, Jerry, what kind of sandwich did they give Christian Kirk owners out there? Yeah, a poop sandwich. Uh, and guess, poop who, guess sandwich. who's one of those people? Uh, Yours that, truly. That would be you. You know, I, you know I, go ahead. Listen, let, let, let Larry play football as long as Larry wants to play football, especially in Arizona. I mean, we're talking about a guy that has been in that organization and has been the heartbeat of that organization for so long. I mean, the guy gave the eulogy at John McCain's funeral in Arizona. I mean, he is that community. So he, he plays as long as he wants. It sucks if you're a Christian Kirk owner, I think, because – you know, Larry is a Hall of Famer and he does the exact same things that Christian Kirk does. And I wanted to see what, you know, Kirk could do in the Cliff Kingsbury offense. But, you know, if you held on to Larry, it worked out for you. Maybe you got a chance to bail and get a little something, something to a contender. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, and, you know, the NFL and just anytime Larry Fitzgerald's on a camera, it's good for the people viewing it because he's an awesome guy. It's funny you say that because uh, a league mate and I, we, we're we're in a cluster of leagues. We've got a super flex. We've got a one QB. We've got a best ball. And in the one QB league, I have uh, – no, he has Fitz, and I have him in the, in the super flex. And we were talking. It was like his actual trade value as far as rookie picks is nowhere near what his production can help you for one more year. I mean, what's someone going to give you? A late second, early third for Larry Fitzgerald if you're lucky? Yeah, and and he even in a down year last year he finished as PPR wide receiver twenty five. That's a borderline wide receiver too. That's a guy that can really help you on the back end of those rosters, especially if you're a contender. And if you're not a contender, you know you need to go out and and sell that story to a contender. Hey man, you look great. You, you got some good wide receivers. You got Cooper Cup coming back from injury or whatever. Hey man, you got to take Larry Fitzgerald from me before this rookie draft and give me your your second round pick or something like that. But uh. The next bit of news is Carson Wentz, and it was rumored that he was a, a little bit of a diva in the locker room, um, maybe a locker room problem according to some teammates, and I bet you that teammate's name's Alshon Jeffrey because he got a lot of love from <laughs> uh, from old Nick Foles. What do you make of this, Jerry? I mean, I mean, I could believe it. I mean, that's a tough situation for Carson Wentz. You got 
taken second overall and Nick Foles comes in, wins the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl MVP, get hurt again. You know, I I don't I don't think it's Nick Foles time. I mean, I like Nick Foles, but that's Carson Wentz's team. They took him second overall. He's the future of that organization. It, it, could he have been a diva? Absolutely. And I honestly, I wouldn't blame him. This is not like a Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell sort of diva situation, in my opinion. This is a little bit justified and probably more frustration than anything else. I think that's very well put. And put yourself in his position. He's a young guy. He's a prideful guy. I mean, I think most of us are. If you consider yourself good at what you do, you're going to have a little bit of an ego, not always in a bad way, about you. And this is, you know, he's he's on the same team still with a guy who won the Super Bowl, to, to Jerry's point. So I don't think Nick Foles is going to be there. Philadelphia's already got some pretty severe cap issues as we speak. I think there's 16 or 18 million over the cap as we as we're talking right now. There's no way they can afford to re-sign Foles. I think Foles is going to get that Case Keenum deal. That mm-hmm. one that one to two year deal that the Broncos gave Keenum, probably in Jacksonville, because Blake Bortles is probably gone. Because if you're a team that needs a quarterback, especially in the short term, and you don't love this 2019 QB class, which we'll get into this QB class much later in the offseason, you know, why not a nice bridge guy like Nick Foles? He could get you through for a season or two until 2020 or 2021 class. You agree with that, Jerry? Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, the hype around the 2020 class, the the Jake Fromms and the Tua's and everything else that's going on. I think that would be a perfect little Band-Aid. Absolutely. The hype is real. Well, speaking of divas, let's, it would not be a news segment without an Antonio Brown update. So here are some Antonio Brown updates. I need to make like a drop for the Antonio Brown update of the week. Um, according to Pro Football Talk, he is not generating a lot of uh, buzz and interest out there in the in the, the trade market. But at the same time, they have not allowed him or his agent to start talking trade possibilities and he's owed $2.5 million roster bonus on St. Paddy's Day, 317. So kind of a lot going on there. I, I still think he winds up in Pittsburgh. I, I just can't see a team, A, taking on a $20-plus million contract and giving up a lot of draft capital to do it for a guy that you know is going to come in and not necessarily be a team guy. And I might be painting him with an unfair brush. But I think he's going to wind up right where he is now. There's already talks that you know he could potentially go back, and they're opening to have him back. Jerry, I think Antonio Brown's a Steeler again in 2019. What do you think? I, honestly, I don't. I feel like avoiding opinions on the Steelers organization at this point is probably the safer bet because who the hell knows? Who the hell knows, Randy? But yeah, I mean. I think it's probably the safest because, like you said, I mean, who who wants to pay up for that? And he's going to come in, and what what is Antonio Brown going to want? Antonio Brown's going to sit in there and say, I want 130 targets. I want, you know, I want to be in the MVP conversation. I want this, 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 and this. You know, I need the offense based around me. And what coach is going to be like, no, you know, go go sit down. You know, this isn't the organization that, you know, you propped up. You know, you're you're the new guy here. Go go sit down. But, you know, Antonio Brown's not going to be in that. This is the guy that had gold teeth in his college picture at Central Michigan. Stop it. This is the guy that pulled up in a Bentley that's got his autograph engraved in the side of it. And, and, and I mean, did the helicopter thing. And, and you, yeah, said, you said 130 I, targets, right? Yeah. Is he only playing 10 games? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it's just, 
you know, that's a tough situation. And listen, the Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown connection is one of the great connections in NFL history. So I sort of hope he goes back to Pittsburgh as someone that has it. Yeah. I still have one share of Antonio Brown. It, I, I would prefer if he goes there as opposed to, you know, San Francisco or wherever else the rumors are. It's funny you say that I've been, uh, so one thing that you, you hear me say a lot is buy low, sell high, J- just like in, in the stock market. And I've been trying, based on the information, like I said, my opinion is that he'll still be in Pittsburgh this time, you know, in 2019. So I'm out trying to buy the dip and uh, people are catching on. Because even if he were to get traded, I, he's, he's Antonio freaking Brown, man. He, he's going to have value. He's going to be good wherever he goes, but... That's a guy that I'm looking to buy cheap, especially from a nervous Nelly owner. So um, th- there is your especially week. when you start pitching. What's he going to be? He's going to be like 31 this coming year, I think. And, 31. Yeah, he's 31. You know, he's a diva. He's it, on the end of that train. It, it's funny you bring that up. His age 31. So uh, is he Alcafas of the Dynasty Trade Calculator? Is he's a great follow, by the way. At DC at DC underscore Izzy, if I remember correctly. Just look for Izzy. You'll find him. And. He was talking about, you know, the the handoff from uh, Andre Johnson to DeAndre Hopkins and he was we were talking about other comparables and which got us talking about Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. Both these guys played into their mid 30s and there's no reason why Antonio Brown can't Reggie Reggie Wayne if I remember correctly this is top of my head. He had something like 1300 yards and like 80 catches as a, as a 34-year-old. There's no reason why you cannot get two, three, even four good years of production out of Antonio Brown. That's why I'm out trying to buy the dip right now. Love it. Love I think it. That's, I think that is the exact thing you should be doing with Antonio Brown. 100%. He's a he's a Because Hall of as, as you said it, he's Antonio freaking Brown. Yeah, it's because we don't cuss here at the Dynasty Wars. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Last story before we bring on our guest, and we have a hell of a guest for you this week. Uh, Cam Newton, he did have that arthroscopic shoulder surgery. It's the exact same shoulder surgery that he had two years ago. A little bit different than the Andrew Luck surgery, but but here are my concerns. A, it's the exact same surgery again. And B, they already talked about they, they just could shut him down for an entire season, which would be very interesting. Uh, could, they, could they be in the Nick Foles sweepstakes? Could they trade for Joe Flacco as a one-year bridge type guy? going to be very interesting jerry what do you think about this cam newton situation and are you concerned for your i'll just go around the horn christian mccaffrey dj moore greg olson slash ian thompson thompson excuse me thomas shares i would not be nervous about christian mccaffrey and so i if cam newton plays i actually do think he he gets less touches than you know the absurd amount that he got in 2018 but without Cam Newton, I mean, what what else are you going to do? I mean, yeah, you could sign Nick Foles and he'll help you out, but that offense is based around the things that Cam Newton could do. And when he's not there, I think, you know, CMC would just get a unbelievable amount of work. Um, but we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, Nick Foles there, if they do shut down Cam Newton, I think that would be perfect. I think that would be the best situation for Nick Foles. I think that would be a great situation for the Panthers, you know, Hopefully Cam Newton plays, but if that's not the case, then I would actually be super excited if they sign Nick Foles. Nick Foles could get paid twice. He can get paid to come in and do one year in Carolina and go out and uh, make some other money somewhere else two years or a year from now. But anyway, enough about that. You guys tuned in to hear about some rookie wide receivers and tight ends, 
and uh, we're going to bring on our guest. That's Mr. Nick Whalen, and uh, Nick is a is a personal favorite of mine. One of the most gracious with his time on Twitter to discuss anything dynasty and fantasy related. So, uh, Jerry, are you ready to bring on Nick? Yeah, he's a he's just a professional. He just he acts professional. He's a good follow, and he just always insightful. I am so excited to just steal all of his knowledge. Yeah, because well, that's well, what I care about. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get him on multiple times, but I, I like the term professional. But I, I'm just going to simplify. He's a good dude, good dude, and uh, treats everybody with respect in class. So enough of all this. Enjoy the Super Bowl this week. Uh, we'll catch you next week with another very special guest. But uh, let's talk rookie wide receivers and tight ends with our special guest Nick Whalen. All right, joining us on the show is a dynasty OG, if you will. Uh, he's got a very impressive resume in both the real football world and the world of dynasty fantasy football. He's coached football at the college level. He's been a podcast host and a writer for the Dynasty Trade Calculator, as well as the DLF. He's podcasted for both. And uh, among other things, he is a bow hunter, a competitive obstacle course racer, and he is the ultimate truther for both Corey Davis and Cortland Sutton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Warzone, Mr. Nick Whalen at Nick. I'm um, excuse me at underscore Nick Whalen on Twitter. Nick, welcome to the Dynasty Warzone. Well, thanks for having me, man. I'm honored. Um, I'm just trying to thaw out of the cold here of Wisconsin. N- negative, I don't know, like eight right now. I think it is without the wind chill. Yeah, we're all Midwestern boys. We're all freezing in the corner of our houses too. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's, there's there's somebody listening there like from Florida though. Like they don't even yeah. understand, you know. They, they like, don't. Oh my god, it is 55. That is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, one of my friends, uh, actually, it's my my wife's cousin who lives in Florida, and he and I have become friends, and he was like, man, it's 55. I'm like, I will punch you right square in the face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you have no clue. It's like uh, the UPS guy today. I was talking to my UPS guy, and he was like, uh, I got to get a face mask. They said if I'm outside for more than five minutes, my skin can get frostbite. I was like, I don't want to live in a place where my face can get frostbite. <laughs> hurts to breathe. It, it hurts to breathe. So, uh Nick, your, your Twitter bio says that you are an ex-football coach. Where did you coach and what did you coach? And how has that experience helped uh, helped your dynasty preparations for draft time like now? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I, I guess the first thing to say is that I was a gopher coach. So if, if people aren't you know that familiar, that, that's, that's, hey, Nick, go for that. Go for this. I mean, I was the grunt work coach um, at... Uh, at, at a few places, but um, that, that was my way in, you know what I mean? Cause it's, you know, I wasn't born to this. I wasn't uh, Sean McVay, you know, I had a popular relative that helped me out. So um, I've experienced at Carthage college, Western Kentucky, UW Platteville. Those are all places that I was either a student assistant or, or a GA. Um, I mean, and I mean, it was, uh, so much work is crazy. I, I had two internships at Drake and Montana State too. So, um, you know, a lot, lots of places to get experience. But I guess the first thing that I don't know when you when you get into stuff like that, you get humbled because you know you you think you know football, and then you go to like a D one program, and you're like, like I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like the top part of the iceberg. You know what I mean? It, it's it's really uh, baffling. Um, you know, and I, and again, I didn't have a big role or anything, but I was in some, some big games and it was, it's just cool. You see, you know, there's a lot of money involved. There's so many people involved and egos and just so much detail. And, uh, it, it really just kind of changes the way you look at the game. 
um, you stop looking at the football, you start looking, you know, at technique and away from the ball and, you know, like you, you'll see an interception or, uh, or an overthrown pass and people are like, Oh, quarterback's fault. But then you look deeper, you know, and you're like, okay, did the receiver run the route short or bad technique or, you know, there, there's so much to, to it that, um, I don't know. It, it really opened my eyes. And that was at a young age. I was like, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23. So. Well, no, that that's awesome. And uh, I, I mentioned in bringing you in that you've done podcasts for the DLF. You've done podcasts for the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Uh, what are you doing now? And I, I we talked a little bit off air before we hit the record button about some of the stuff that you've got going on. Um, tell us what you can tell us and uh, where they can uh, keep an ear out for you. Yeah, so I um I, I left DTC and, and that was a really hard move because I, I I'm friends I'm good friends with those people I mean JP had a uh, I think it was a 40th birthday party and I went to his house for that you know and so I really respect those guys and it was tough but I um I, I'm going to be joining a new company a new website um and it's going to be different I mean the Dev Report and and the graduates everything's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a, a higher level. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grinding away and I'm, I'm trying to make the best product I can this year, but I can't say the company or the website yet. They're not letting me. So I guess just stay tuned. The announcement will be coming soon. I would say in the next two to three weeks, probably. See, that's awesome because I've, I've always followed your work. And again, going back to the trade calculator and even DLF, I've, I, that was one of the first podcasts that I listened to. So what we'll do is we'll make sure that in the intro of a future episode, once it's become public, I'll tell you where to find it. But the easiest way, if you're not already, and if you're not, shame on you. You should be ashamed. You should be following you should Nick. Be ashamed. You should be following Nick on Twitter. Jerry, he's at underscore Nick Whalen. And Whalen spelled W-H-A-L-E-N. At underscore Nick Whalen. So if you follow him there, you will not miss it. One, one of the most important things for me personally is to help support guys like Nick in this future website and previous guest Travis May. All these guys are putting out great content to make you a better dynasty player. So that's very important. So uh, let's talk about this future draft class. You excited for this wide receiver and tight end crop? There, there's going to be a lot of, I mean, you know, what's interesting about this class is there's lots of big guys, you know, and for, for, for years Monsters. it was, you know, the, the big guys, you know, the, the, the Calvins and the Julios and AJ greens. And then it got to be the little guys. And now this year they're just, they're huge. And it's going to be interesting to see how the NFL, as well as fantasy owners, like it because for a while the NFL hasn't liked them, you know, because those big guys haven't panned out, you know, Treadwells and, and Kevin White's, et cetera. All right. Well, uh, Jerry, you have any questions before I go on to the next one? I could hog this up all night. You know this. No, I, I will let you because I'm just going to write down the things he says so I can win fantasy. See, see, what I do is I download my own podcast. I download my own podcast and I listen again because guys like Nick are very valuable. So this draft class is being lobbied as the best wide receiver class since 2014. Um, I couldn't even name all the really good wide receivers in that draft class top of my head, but I know Sammy Watkins, Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans. Uh, there was even a bunch more in there. So um, is that a fair comparison in, in, in your opinion? And do you think this class could be better? Um, I mean, there's, I mean, so many others. I mean, J Matt, uh, there's Kelvin Benjamin, Brandon uh, Cooks, Paul Richardson. I mean, there's a ton. I would say no, because when you go back and look at that draft class, I mean, there's like, I think it was 12 guys drafted in the top two rounds, 10, 10 to 12 in the top two rounds. There, there's no way that many are going to get drafted. 
there's a solid crop this year. I would say there's probably um, seven. I think they're going to go in the top two rounds at least, but it's not that level. You know, that, that level had, I mean, OBJ was the third wide receiver drafted. He was at like 13, you know, that, that's not happening this year, but it's okay to be excited about a draft class, but that one's just really epic. Yeah. That, that one is uh yeah, I mean, when you, when you can't even name them all and you forget a guy like Brandon Cooks, and I had to add him there at the end. Right. That's, uh, that, that, that's pretty impressive stuff. So um, coming out Alan of Alan Robinson. Marquise Alan Robinson, Lee. there you go. Marquise Lee, um, Martavius Bryant. Right, yeah. Uh, so coming out of the Senior Bowl, who, who impressed you? Uh, who was exactly what you thought they were, and uh, who impressed you? Yeah, um, well, good question. So, so first off, I want to say this, that I – the wide receivers shined the most at the senior bowl, but I think we have to remember what the senior bowl is. And the senior bowl is a lots of people coming together that aren't familiar with the system. They have no chemistry. You know, there's no knowing where you're going to break out, et cetera. So it's, it's tougher, but you have so much more time. So remember two years ago, Braxton Miller was just tearing up the senior bowl. He had so much time to dance and, you know, uh, whatever you want to call dance dance revolution to make all these releases and breaks in his routes. And then he goes to NFL and it doesn't happen. So I think we need to step off the pedal a little bit and realize that this type of environment helps wide receivers. So I know there's quite a few right now that people are excited about, you know, the, the Penny Hearts and the Hunter Renfro's and Terry McLaw McLaurin's and Debo Samuel. Th those are the, the, the most that impressed me, but I'm not that impressed that I can't look at their film and what they've done over their entire career in college. And this, this week helped out the most, if that makes sense. The two guys I'll point out the most, I mean, Renfro is, he's going to help out an NFL team more than fantasy. He, you know, I think Cole Beasley like, um, and Penny Hart played pretty well, but Penny Hart's just quicker than he is fast. And I don't know that he has a huge fantasy uh, ceiling for me. The two guys that help themselves the most fantasy wise, I think are Terry McLaurin and Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel was the best guy in the field uh, the whole week. Um, you know, he's been hurt quite a bit at South Carolina. And when you want to think of Debbie, Brian Edwards is a guy I like a lot and he played better than Brian Edwards often. And to me, that's saying something. And, and I had Debo ranked lower than Edwards. So, you know, my bias coming into it is to be against Debo, but he played well. And he did well at the Senior Bowl. And I think that he kind of established himself as, hey, you know what? Don't forget about me, guys. I'm still a guy in this wide receiver class. I don't think he's not in that top tier. He might not be in that second tier, but he might be that bottom, that second tier to the top third tier, if that makes sense. Um, and Terry McLaurin, uh, kind of cool. Because, I mean, you know, me being the the nerd that I am, grinding away on those, those college prospects out of high school and, you know, those recruits in their first few years, he was a – big time recruit out of high school. I mean, you want to talk about a super athletic kid, really accomplished out of high school, just didn't really ever get it done at Ohio State until recently. And then he showed himself and that he can play. And then he goes to the Senior Bowl and continues that. And so Terry McLaurin, I don't think that he's going to be a day two pick. He's probably, you know, well, maybe late third, fourth round pick type of guy, but he's athletic. Um, I think he has the long speed. He was is a decent route runner. He's a guy that, you know, in that third round of your rookie draft, you might like, be like, hmm, if he lands in a good spot. So those are the two guys I would say, McLaurin and probably Samuel. That's good. Jerry, any follow-ups to the Senior Bowl question? Uh, I'm going to have to ask you about at least one polarizing player from the Senior Bowl, Andy Isabella. 
Everybody's talking about him. Give me, give me something. All right. So Andy Isabella, I, um, I'm just going to say this. I am not as big on the hype train as everyone else on it as, as Andy Isabella because he, okay. He's really fast. He's got a good burst and he has, he, he has effort. I, and I like that after the catch, like he's not, he's a little fearless. And so, and he's a thick kid, you know, so you can break a, little, a few tackles, but if I want a slot wide receiver and if I want a guy that I know has to win with his route running, I want to make sure that he is flexible with his hips and that he can sell a route. And, and, and a lot of that with, with route running for me is that you're, you're an actor. You know what I mean? You have to sell a part, you know, if you're breaking out, you got to fake that you're going in and just, you know, creating that separation, but he, he doesn't have as much flexibility or lateral agility as I like with route running and with after the catch. Like if you watch even his best plays, he's a guy that after the catch, he hesitates and then keeps going with his burst instead of being able to cut opposite, which the NFL is going to pick up on that. They're going to go opposite hip on you, right, and make you cut back. He has to stop and regain everything, and he's going to lose his advantage with his speed. So for me, I'm not as hyped on Andy Isabella for that purpose, and also because he body catches a lot. I, I want to see you extend out. I want to see you use a wide catch radius because, you know what, the NFL windows are a lot smaller. And it's not like it was at college, not at UMass, certainly. So I want to make sure that you can extend out. For instance, Penny Hart, in my opinion, is not as fast as, you know, Andy Isabella is, but he has a bigger catch radius. and He's more aggressive with that. So, you know, is he decent? Sure. I think that he can, you know, take the top off of defense, you know, you can um, wide receiver screen him a little bit, but I'm not as hyped. You know, I'm, I, if he's a first round rookie pick, you are going to be really excited because your second round rookie pick just gained another spot, in my opinion. Okay. Um, see, I'm still getting familiar with guys like like him. So who would you compare him most to the NFL? Oh, boy. Andy Isabella. Um, if there is one. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I mean, he's just really straight line. I mean, this is – and, again, I, I hate bringing up, like, a white wide receiver and a white guy uh, like like Tim Dwight you know what I mean like a guy that you have to manufacture stuff for that's really fast you know what I mean but I don't see a lot of of lateral ability to if that makes sense no that that makes all the sense in the world so um I, I want to shuffle the deck if you will I want to mix 2018 and 2019 a little bit now where would you rank DJ Moore Calvin Ridley and your personal favorite Cortland Sutton if they were mixed in with this year's draft class of Nikhil Harry and DK Metcalf, et cetera? Um, that's a good question. And they really, and again, this would be, in my opinion, I have to take out the rookie years, right? Cause I, I like to p- compare guys just as college prospects. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's what I'm looking for. Like, like I said, if they were all in one draft, if they were all in 2019 together, where would these guys rank out for you? Yeah. I, I think I would have Sutton second. Um, I would have, probably really more like seventh or eighth. I mean, when you think of this class and you have, you know, DK Metcalf up there, you have Hakeem Butler up there, you have uh, Nikhil Harry, who I'm lower on than most, um, Kelvin Harmon and A.J. Brown, all those guys I think should be ahead of Ridley and Moore. And that's not to take away from those two because they're they're really uh, accomplished out of college themselves. But I think those other guys just have such a higher ceiling than what Ridley and Moore can do. No, that's uh, that's good stuff. So here's a question I like ask, asking everybody because everybody 
wants to tell you who's the best player, and, and that's great. But who is your favorite wide receiver or tight end in this class? Not necessarily the best or who's going to have the best NFL prospects, but right now, before they get drafted or, or are on an NFL team, who is Nick's favorite player amongst the wide receivers and tight ends? Um, last year's Debbie report, I was, I was, um, aggressive, I guess, with two guys and had them ahead of Nikhil Harry, which is the darling of, you know, most people in this draft class. I had a Butler higher than him, but he's gained the, the hype trains gained too much. I think in my opinion, to be like, well, this is my favorite guy. It's like, okay, well, lots of people know Hakeem Butler now he's not, you know, um, but the other guy's Greg Dortch. And I think, I think Greg Dortch is like my next guy now i don't know that greg george has this ceiling uh just due to pure size but greg george wins in every way possible on the football field i mean he is a really good route runner he stems at the top of his routes to gain separation i mean i mean again like i was saying before he sells that route and gains that separation you want to think of like your ideal slot guy he can do that but he's also tough he will catch contested passes, even if he's got to get hit. Catches outside of his frame, which was my issue with Andy Isabella. Um, I like his quick twitch. So, again, he's got burst, but he also has that lateral agility, which is good with route running as well as after the catch. And then I think he's fast, too. I, I don't think he's Andy Isabella fast, but I think he's, you know, 4-4-2 to 4-3-8-ish that range fast, which is fast enough still, for me. Still fast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you know what's funny? is like people are like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, 4-6 is slow. And go run a 40. Like 4-6 yeah, no, is I'd ro- fast. I'd, ro- I'd roll yeah. my ankle trying to run a 40. <laughs> run a 4-6. Jerry, our first YouTube show is going to be <laughs> yeah, you. I'm, no, I'm going to have to tape them. Don't do that. Don't gonna, do gonna, that Going to be you running a 40. The, the war zone combine. Just, Here it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll do the bench press. I'm in on that. <laughs> you can run that 40 for us. <laughs> We'll we'll have a uh, we'll have Nick back. He can do like the three cone drill. He's a he's a he's a yeah, shifty he's a shifty guy. Well, well okay, I mean, but I have to I have to go first though because I don't I I can't follow you guys. I need you guys to to recover from the hilarity that will ensue from me tumbling and scraping my elbows. Um. Well, I mean, I, and sorry. I mean, sorry. I just. I mean, I love Dorch a ton. I mean, so I mean, like back to him after the catch. I mean, he makes guys miss. I mean. You know when a player is so confident that they toy with defenders? Like, I love that. Like, I, I remember I did I did an article for Waldman on uh, RSP. This is a long time ago when Patterson was coming out. And I charted every touch Patterson had. And I found one play, one play in all the games, one play where he tried to make somebody miss the first guy miss and didn't make him miss. Like, it was like special. Like, Patterson's special. In that regard, and he's 6'2", 220. That gets ridiculous. And, and Dorch, only twenty Dorch. years old. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was ridiculous. Well, one year of of D one ball. You know, he's a JUCO guy. Um, but Dorch is like, he's he's really good at that too. Like he toys with guys, and so when you can do that after the catch, and you can be a really good punt returner, and you can catch outside of your frame, and you can do the route running. To me, that's a guy. Wow, he's going to be a good NFL guy. And you know what? He's probably going to be like that wide receiver, two wide receiver, three range guy, depending on his landing spot. So he's a guy I think that's just so under the radar right now that I'm I'm probably going to gobble up everywhere I can. That, that where, he's, yeah, I got to ask you where you're taking him because I mean that Wake Forest, that dude got 
peppered. So, I mean, clearly he's got PPR upside too. So in your rookie draft, where, what sort of range are you thinking? I mean, landing Um, spot is dependent of course, but. Right. I mean, I think, I mean, he'll get drafted. It won't be, obviously it won't be day one. Round three to round five, probably range. Um, I'm taking him in the second round to any pick that I get probably. Awesome. Wow. Just go ahead and write that down. Yeah, Jerry, that's a writer downer here on the war zone. We write those. I'm I'm sitting here taking notes as the man's talking. And, and if you're not taking notes, I'm hopefully it's cause it's only because you're driving your car. Cause if not, you should be taking notes to get ready for your draft. All right. We're going to kick it over to tight ends for a couple of questions. So I've been hearing about Noah Fant for two years, everywhere you go, Noah Fant, Noah Fant, Noah Fant. Is this guy really the goods? And where would you have put him in that 2017 class, which, I went back and looked in a uh, one of my older uh, tight end premium leagues, the oldest one that I have, and Greg Kittle, I'm sorry, not Greg, George Kittle, didn't even get drafted. So out of all those guys, Njoku, Ingram, Howard, Kittle, where would you rank Fant from a talent perspective with those other really good tight ends? Wow. Well, I mean, we have to toss Kittle out because, you know, if we're, you know, like when they oh. come out of college, you know, he would have been in there. That's fair. Um, I mean, I mean, Fant's good. I mean, he's really good. Uh, he's um, – the the I don't know, there, there's certain things that you watch when you watch guys on film when they're in routes and when they're doing things that um, you see that special athlete at that position, like his size and like he has this burst and you're like, oh my gosh. Um, I <clears throat> I had a, a really bad love for Evan Ingram coming out. I mean, he was my, if he played wide receiver, which he kind of is a wide receiver, he would have been my second ranked wide receiver behind Corey Davis in that class. So he's in a tier by himself, in my opinion. Um, I would have had OJ Howard probably second. And then I would have Noah Fant ahead of Najoku. I mean, he's, he has really good ball skills too. Cause Najoku, remember coming out, he didn't have those ball skills. It was like, you know, he's kind of figuring it out. He's kind of all over the place, but he's a good athlete. Uh, I mean, Fant can catch it low to the ground. He can extend out. He his hips are a little bit more uh, stiff than I would say Njoku and some of those other guys. But he's coming together, and again, he has that burst. Um, he's pretty solid in his route running too. I mean, he's figuring that out. But when you look at his teammate, you know, T.J. Hawkinson. I mean, they're they're just different guys. You know, what I mean, because Fant would spread out. He would be in the slot. He would be on the goal line split out and Hawkinson wouldn't, he would be attached and, and Hawkinson would be like that. He's like that grinder, man. He's like, you know, Delaney Walker, you know, a little bit smaller. He'll, he's a, he's a great run blocker. He'll block and then he'll release out. So like they use the, I mean, Iowa literally 75% of their passing game was these two tight ends. I mean, they're, they're great. Both of them are really good, but it's, they're just using so different ways. It's just, it's just kind of cool to see, but, um, I mean, I think, I think Fant is, um, I mean, top five upside rather easily. Um, I would, uh, if you don't have a tight end, which I don't have in probably my favorite league where I'm just stacked, I'm going to go aggressively after him if I can't trade up and get him um, just for the upside, you know, because the position is so, so ridiculous right now. I mean, you have, you have, you know, obviously the top two, uh, I said top three. And then, and then after that, you have what Howard and Ingram and, Maybe Henry and Njoku, right? Oh, you, nobody you, else. You skipped my favorite. You skipped Austin Hooper, who had a pretty much a pretty nice season last year with seventy-one catches. And I think Hooper's going to break out with the uh, the evil Dirk Cotter. They're trying. Uh, to, you're not so, a Hooper so, fan. You know he's he'd be the next one. Hooper is. Do you 
Do you think that that's repeatable with Ridley and with Julio? I do because uh, I man, I don't have my my notes from last week, but last week we broke down the head coaching and the OCs, um, nine of them with a J Mike check of the FF Open Bar, and I cover Cotter, and man, this guy has a track record. I think the average was something like eighty nine targets or ninety targets per season go to the tight end, and. Mm-hmm. I, I don't worry. Matt Ryan had three of his better seasons with Dirk Cotter. So it, it's kind of misleading, but you can go back and look at Cameron Brait, who made good money with this guy. Um, yeah. Tony Gonzalez had two monster seasons, and that's Tony Gonzalez, so take it with a grain of salt. But it was also end of his career, Tony yeah. Gonzalez. And I think that Hooper can be the guy who steps in and kind of fills that over-the-middle role. I think Sanu's kind of done slash overrated slash could be gone based, I think, He's due $7 million and only like a $1 million cap hit. So yep. he, he could be gone. Um, and I think this kid, I think he's 24, and he'll continue to emerge. I mean, he's going into his fourth year. Um, and his numbers have just elevated gradually. There's not been some huge spike and then a huge dip. He's, he's added a layer on every year. And I, I'm, I'm really starting to like Hooper. I think he could be in that next group that with, uh, with the Ebrons of the world. Well, he's the cheapest. Yeah. I mean, so if you want to think in terms of the value perspective, I mean – People don't think of him. I, if I think right, and DLF, they had him at like 12. I mean, it's something like, I was like, okay, well, that's the cheapest guy that's young I could get. So, yeah. And you know what's funny, Randy, is I, I thought the same thing. I, I looked at Sanu's contract just like you did. So, look at that, man. Great minds think alike. Yeah, I, uh, I, well, I can give up my secrets. I've been buying up Hooper and tight end premium leagues everywhere that, that, that I can right now. Um, I just think that. The, the receptions will be there more more so than anything. And that, that defense continues to struggle. I know they had injuries last year, but uh, a Dirk Cutter quarterback averages 600-plus passes a year. So there'll be plenty to go around for everybody in Atlanta. Uh, Jerry, anything about these uh, tight ends before I ask him about Irv Smith? And then we're going to play a game. No, let's play this game. Let's talk right, about well, I want to hear about I want to hear about Irv Smith. Can you come uh, – and again, I, I'm giving you a lot of comparisons, but I think that's the best way for listeners – to you know, to compare their rookie notes because they've already invested in guys like OJ. I almost said Simpson. OJ Howard, uh, don't you do it, Jerry? OJ OJ Howard and in uh, uh, Joku. So I, I'd like to give them a basis of comparison from a from a real knowledgeable source such as yourself. So can you compare Irv to OJ? Gosh, um, you know what's you know what's there is if if Noah Fant wasn't in this draft would be talked about very highly <clears throat> he's not he's not a bad blocker you know because that's that, that's kind of like the thing you know if it's a guy that can't block he's not gonna be able to feel like he can block and he's he's a pretty good athlete i don't think he's he's not at fans level and he's not at fans size which is what makes it you know so tantalizing for him because fans almost like that grok where you're like what the heck is this guy doing like how can he be that big and move that quickly and stuff but He's just below there. And so he's going to get buried. I think Irv Smith Jr. is probably the best value rookie tight end in this class because Hawkinson's going to get hype. Fant's going to get hype. And then Irv Smith Jr. is just going to fly under the radar. Now, again, he was in kind of a vertical passing system. So he got lots of yards at Alabama and everyone's paying attention to Judy, you know, and Ruggs. And all these other guys are like, oh, who's Irv Smith Jr.? Boom, you know, touchdowns and, and big catches. But I don't think that he's um, amazing. I don't think he has the upside to be like a top five guy.
But if, if you're looking for the next Hooper, right, I think he could fit that type of a role. All right. Very fair. Well, uh, I kind of feel bad. We, we had a game two weeks ago with Travis May, and we, we've got one tonight for you. We forgot to have one for Jay last week. Jay, I'm sorry. Um, but we're going to do what I call the Spider-Man meme game. We all know the Spider-Man meme game where the two Spider-Mans are pointing at each other. Because they, 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 that's exactly right. Nick just did it on camera. You can't see that because we're not a we're not a we're not a YouTube. We, we, we laughed in private. That's about exactly it. right. We uh we don't we're not YouTube podcast yet. Um, I can barely microwave a pizza, but we're getting there. Um, so I'm just gonna throw out a name. That's gross, Randy. I know. I I don't have an oven. Uh, so you, you can either compare someone to these players physically, or you can just say they have an identical game. But I've got eight names for you. And I think you just kind of uh, tipped your hand on the first one, but we'll say Noah Fant. Who does uh, Noah Fant's NFL twin? Well, I'm going to pull back because I I hate the, you know, they're going to be the next Jerry Rice. Like, I hate that. Like, I'm not – when you got the goats out there, which, you know, Gronkowski is for tight ends, by the way. If you're wondering who the goat tight end is, that's him. I'm going to say Greg Olson. Really good receiver, really good ball skills, really good athlete for the position. Um, I don't know that Noah Fant's going to be like – you know, Tony Gonzalez, the best ever, but I think he's in that next tier down, which I think is what Greg Olson is. Yeah, and and, and for the sake of this game, we're just talking about who they remind you of. Uh, we, we This is uh, not a Dynasty Warzone guarantee where if Nick says that he thinks Noah Fant reminds him of Greg Olson, that he's guaranteeing you a Greg Olson-type career. He's just saying that at this moment in time, in almost February of 2019, that he sees shades of Greg Olson in Noah Fant. That, that's what he's telling you. He's not saying, hey, this guy's going to equal X. He's just saying that this guy's game reminds him of this guy's game. So we're doing that to give you a basis of comparison, to have a little fun with some rookies, because we don't want to do the same old podcast everybody else is doing. No one else is playing the Spider-Man meme game. So, there's many shades of gray in there, right? Absolutely. absolutely. And it's opinion, because you know these guys don't have landing spots yet. These guys don't have quarterbacks yet. A lot's going to change with these guys, but it's just a fun way to kick off rookie season. This next guy is very polarizing because I, I see some guys that love him and some guys that don't love him, and that's DK Metcalf. So uh, I, uh, Travis May was on two weeks ago. He said this guy runs two routes. He runs a curl and a post, and that's <laughs> those are his two big moves. He's like Hulk Hogan. He's got a leg drop and a, a big boot, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you know what, though? It's just not we, – we, um... And in my cop for him, though, you know, what reminds me of is, is just like him. We've gotten cheated out of DK Metcalf, and he got hurt his freshman year. He caught like two passes, they're both touchdowns. And then this last year, got hurt again. And we didn't get to see the full DK Metcalf, you know? Just like in college, we didn't get to see the whole Josh Gordon, which is kind of what he reminds me of. You get this big, amazing athlete. And you don't know what's going to happen from him, but that's what I'm going to I'm going to use as. I, I've heard that uh, elsewhere that he, that he once he gets to the NFL that, that they're not used to a monster like this yet. And like Josh Gordon, for all of his uh, issues, we'll call him off the field. When he was on the field, I remember last year when Josh Gordon played against the uh, Chargers. I almost called him the LH or the San Diego Chargers, and he was playing against Casey Hayward, who's arguably one of the best corners in the league. And that last year, he had played Dez, he had played Odell Beckham, he had played a, bu- a bunch of really good receivers, and he had said that Josh Gordon matchup was his toughest matchup of the year. Sometimes these physical freaks, 
just can really be a handful. So if he lands with a good quarterback, that that would uh, or a good receiver coach, he would definitely move up my draft board. What about AJ Brown? Who does AJ Brown uh, both either physically or from a game perspective remind you of? So in the W report last year, I had a comp, and most of the time when I have like a comp, I'll be like, well, like you know, not a less version of this or a more athletic version of that. And then actually, I was I was thinking of this podcast on my drive home from work, and finally it popped into my head. I was like, "That's who this guy reminds me of, Hakeem Nix." You probably just broke a lot of hearts out there. <laughs> oh, they're they're like what the guy with the broken foot, not that guy, the one before that. Yeah, that there's a name I have not heard in a long time. All right, uh, for some of you younger listeners, you may have to throw Mister Nix into the old Google machine. See what comes back, um, but monster. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, what about Nikhil Harry? Um, kind of. I, I'm with you. I'm not as high on him. I really want to see him at the combine. Um, normally, the, the, we talked about that too, the underwear Olympics. But I think he's someone that I still have questions about. And my one thing about Nikhil Harry that I would be worried about is a guy who's been playing in Arizona for the last however many years. If he were to wind up in say Buffalo. You know, we're, we're, we were, you know, talking off air and just as we hit the record button about how in, you know, Wisconsin where you're at, it's negative eight and Jerry's in Michigan and it's negative three and I'm in Indianapolis, it's negative one. How is a guy like that going to acclimate? But that's not what we're doing here with the game. Who does he remind you of physically or from a game perspective? And, and just coming out of college, this is another guy that I didn't like despite being a diehard Bears fan is Allen Robinson. It's a guy that I feel like didn't have a lot of separation out of college. He's a big body that I think is overconfident with his ability to make people miss after the catch that tries to like juke too much and, and, and pursuit comes their way, but he's really good at jump balls. I think it's Allen Robinson. All right. Well, this, this next guy's uh, another, I, I went for some polarizing guys. What about Hollywood Brown? I believe his first name is Marquise or Marquez Brown. Yeah. yeah Marquise. He's, um, I like him. I, and I know a lot of people don't. I like him. I think he has a better overall game than people give him credit for. And I'm going to say he reminds me of this guy, and people are going to cringe. But then I'm going to follow up. I'm going to say Ted again. Because a lot of people are going to say Deshaun Jackson, right? Basically because no one else has a, a as a fast guy that they want to cop anybody to besides Deshaun Jackson for the last, like, decade, right? Oh, it's a fast guy. Oh, it's Deshaun Jackson. Like, you is somebody <laughs> guess, else. Guess <laughs> guess who I would have comped him for if you would have asked me this, Randy. <laughs> don't, don't say John so, Ross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Ted Ginn, just like Brown, they're long striders. And Ted Ginn, ironically enough, despite kind of busting early in his career, has really – rounded out and had a solid career if you want to think about all the receivers in his class that haven't made it we can even talk about 2004 where's jordan you know jordan matthews what did he do this last year ted ginn probably had a better season than matthews did he's got more to his game i think overall as a receiver right now than ted ginn but that body type and i think how we can help offenses in terms of taking the top off and having that deep dig route and post routes um, and then being the threat after the catch, I think that's kind of where me All right, we're going to hit you with two more, and we're going to let you get on about your <laughs> evening. Um, Kel- Kelvin Harmon, this is my personal favorite uh, in the class. Uh, they call him, I think it's Baby Julio, which um, I would be to the point as a grown man, I wouldn't want to be called Baby anyone else. You could compare me to Julio Jones. That's, that's a compliment. But Baby Julio, I would be like, eh. 
But anyway, t- tell us about Kelvin Harmon out of NC State. And again, I just said I don't do this, but I'm gonna say a lesser version of Michael Thomas. I uh, I was actually watching some Kelvin Harmon stuff, and I went back and I started watching Michael Thomas stuff because I was like, I, I sort of see the same thing, so I like that because I. And the thing about Kelvin Harmon is it seems like every catch he gets both his feet down. Like, I mean, you watch a lot of college quarterbacks and they do the one foot thing, which, you know, that's all they need. Don't discredit them for that. But it seems like Harmon gets two feet down every time, which is, I don't know, it just makes me warm inside. It just makes me feel comfortable about it. Well, so, he's, uh, a, he's a guy that, that he's he's gotten better in college. And you like to see you like to see them progress and work on some of their flaws, you know, and he's one of those guys that has done that. So yeah, he he's he's a guy that's grown on me more. Well, I hope you're right because I've seen some mock drafts where they have uh, him going to my Colts and, and a Michael Thomas type next to T.Y. Hilton would be a, a, a nice one too. Uh, so I, I like that. And then the last one that I have, and then Jerry, you can uh, hit him with one if you got it, is Hakeem Butler. You mentioned him as uh, one of your favorites, a guy who's, uh, who's in the hype spin cycle right now, whose uh, value will continue to rise. But, but who does he remind you of? Because he's a big, big dude. He's a big guy that's strong, that's fast. Um, and and the best way I can describe him is he's the DGB for for guys that don't know who that is because he was a flash, the Doriel Green Beckham that we all wanted to see. The Debbie Darling. We didn't Darling. get a chance to see him, but that's exactly who we wanted to see. Wow. Um, yeah, because he was – I don't know. It was weird because he started off in Tennessee and then went to Philadelphia and then he was gone. As quick as he was in the league, he was out of the league. And you, you saw flashes. I, I think the concern with him, and I, I don't think the concern's the same with Butler, is work ethic. I think he had all the yeah. God given tools and talents to, to be amazing. But this guy's like, what, six foot six, 220 ish? Yep. Yep. So, similar size. I would say Butler probably has a little bit more explosiveness, DGB. Uh, probably a little bit more power, but I mean, I mean, similar. I mean, it's it's hard to get a comp for him because you're like, was well, it AJ Green? Is it like Calvin Johnson? Like, it, it's it's in that realm. But to me, I don't think he's on that level in terms of skill yet. But he's a freak, you know. DGB was a freak. Like, I mean, you don't have to run a four four to be a freak. I mean, DGB is six five six six. I mean, that's crazy for that height. No, that's uh, that's good stuff. Jerry, you have a name or two you want to hit him with before we get out of here? Yep, I mean, the story of my day has been giving you polarizing names. Riley Ridley. Just, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm a huge fan. So if you are, convince me. If not, you know, back me up on that. Um. Hey, you know what's so tough, I think, about some of these guys in this draft class? I mean, Riley Ridley... Josh Jacobs, you do Kyler Murray, you do Dwayne Haskins. I mean, all of these guys have um, such a limited experience, such a limited, you know, production profiles. And it's really hard to, um, it's really hard to know how they're going to land. Do you know what I mean? Like there's some people that they're sky high and they're going to ignore things. But then you also have like people that are, you know, Riley Ridley's my my second ranked um, wide receiver, or you know, Josh Jacobs is my number one running back. I mean, I have issues personally with Josh Jacobs being my number one running back. He might be in the end, but he was also the what third ranked uh, 
or third most rushing yards at Alabama. 144th in the country. I saw you tweeted that (laughs) recently. I I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, how does the the situation is so volatile? That's the outcomes that can happen are just outrageous. That's I'm with you. That's why I wanted to ask. I mean, I mean, have we ever had a running back be arguably number one? That's third on their college team in rushing yards that last year. (laughs) Not off the top of my head. That's why I had to ask. I Uh, I see a lot of a lot lot, lot of one hundred and one Jacobs hype, though. I mean, it, it is out there and it is in full force. From respectable guys too that I that I yeah, like reading yeah. their stuff and I'm seeing that. Yeah, the tough part for me is that he just thrives so much at the end of the season. You know, when when defenses were tired. I mean, if he did that early in the season, he did it the whole season. I'd be much better. And I I know there's times he was banged up, et cetera. But sorry, I'm I'm, I'm deviating from your point. Um, so Riley Ridley. Is... Oh please, that's the story of this show, my friend. Don't <laughs> sweat that. <laughs> Uh, Riley Ridley, he can he can sell a good story in terms of you know you know route running and making some some good plays on on, on balls, um, but I just don't know what we totally have with him. You know, um, gosh, I want to say like a like a Marvin Jones because Marvin Jones is actually sneaky good route runner, sneaky athlete. People don't give him credit for. You want to throw in like a Devante or a Dante Pettis in there kind of that realm of type of guy like he's not going to be amazing athlete but he's going to be sneaky in my opinion okay i love that and then just real quick top running back top wide receiver you got you know you got an early pick in your rookie draft who do you think is going to be the safest bet for someone to take um and I, I'm, I'm not on the david montgomery train i'm just not i mean when you have such a poor yards per carry and when I watch you, and this is something I talked about recently um, on Twitter, is that people love like, oh, wow, he made all of these guys miss. But when you make a guy miss and it takes you so much time and so much room to make a guy miss, all the defensive pursuit can get there. You know, it's kind of like a wide receiver with a release, right? So if I'm in the slot and I make the DB miss, but I, I stutter step a bunch and then I release five yards outside, I got a free release you have zero chance of catching a pass. You know, you want to release by the least amount of room and as quick as you can. Like that's, that's, that's the purpose of it. And so Montgomery, he makes guys miss quite a bit and he has good contact balance and he's, he has a good, you know, um, BMI and, you know, leverage, but I think he takes too much time. I don't, I don't like how he approaches the line of scrimmage I think he approaches it like Le'Veon Bell does, and he's not Le'Veon Bell type of athlete. And so um, he's he's not my RB1. Jacobs is up there. I'll say that. Um, Damian Harris is up there. And I don't know that this guy's my number one right now, but let's just talk about Darrell Henderson for a second and how underrated he is. Lightning bolt. And how he's a guy that good effort he is confident with his running ability, confident when he gets uh, uh, some space and a step, he's going to go. And to me, that's important. There, you want to look at, so again, our, my Debbie guys will understand this. You know, when you talk about Travis Etienne at Clemson, is he really fast? Sure he is, but he is confident fast. When he has a lane, he goes. And there's so many guys that, look, you know, they're, they're, they're unsure and it robs them of big plays. You know, you're not going to make everybody miss in this league. You're not going to make run around everybody. You have to be confident and try and hit gaps when you can. And then you're only going to get an arm from a defender. 
or part of a defender. And and I like how, how aggressive Henderson is. Will he continue with it? I don't know. But he put up unbelievable numbers consistently over seasons. This isn't like a little stretch. He averaged 8.9 yards per carry. And you don't think when you were playing them, he was going to get the ball? Of course he was going to get the ball. And he's one of those guys that I think that just isn't getting the respect right now. So I don't know that he's my, he's my RB1, but he's right up there. And I think that people need to, you know, they need to, to respect that. Um, my wide receiver one, it, it's DK Metcalf. He's been my 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 top receiver for a few years now, um, or, or right up there anyway. But he's just, he has, I like his, his skill set, his size, his athletic ability, uh, and also even his technique, you know. So I'm going to give a shout out to my, my former, my former um, Filmetrics podcast co-host, Roto Hack, a.k.a. George Kritikos. Um, he put out a film today even where he showed a release off of an Alabama press defender. And it shows with his aggressiveness with his hands and his power and his burst. That's the thing. When you're 6'4 and you're 225 and you have that burst, like, oh, that's scary. And he has that. And so... Um, and I like his ball skills in the end zone too. So when you look at all those things from a fantasy perspective, you know, what doesn't DK Metcalf have? So he's your one one at this point. I would lean that way. I would be, <laughs> okay. yes, yes. I'll, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the I, listeners I, I, didn't see it, but his face was a little cringy before he said yes. Man, I think that just goes to show how tough this draft class is going to be. And I, I think that you could take names like Harry, Harmon, Metcalf. Uh, Jacobs. I mean, if Jacobs were to land in say Kansas City or Tampa Bay, I, I'm taking him 101. I, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm I'm drafting the situation as much as I'm drafting the you know the the player. So we could listen. We could keep Nick here all night, but you know he's got things to do. He's probably got to go um, put blankets over his doors and you know let his dog out for 45 seconds before it freezes to death. <laughs> but uh, we will definitely have you back on again, Nick, after you are able to. Uh, you know, let us know what you're doing and where you're doing it. That's the big thing because you are a tremendous asset to the dynasty community and to our listeners. So, uh, thank you for coming on. Please again, tell, tell the people where they can find you and, uh, uh, to be look forward and, uh, to what you got going on. I appreciate that. I really do. That, 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 that's really humbling. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, on Twitter, you know, I, I like to interact with everyone that I can, uh, when I have time, realize this isn't my full-time job. It's, you know, I have a day job too, but. Uh, at underscore Nick Whalen, um, you know, and, you know, my, my past Devi reports and past graduates are out there. If you want to buy them, purchase them, that's at the Devi report.com. And then uh, I'm sorry, I can't say yet that they, they won't let me, but uh, stay tuned. Announcements will be coming soon as to where I'm, where I'm writing. Um, I will let you know, there's going to be some video content too, which I'm excited about. So uh, stay tuned there. So again, thanks. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come on anytime. This is, this is great. Thanks for having me. No, we'll, uh, we'll have you on, like I said, w- once you're able to tell everybody where you're at and, uh, we'll get you on post combine because by then the uh, hype around these rookies will be palpable and, uh, we'll have you on several times throughout the season. So again, Nick, thanks for coming on Jerry, anything before, uh, we head out. No, thanks for the knowledge. My friend loved it. All right, guys, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Whether you like it or not, you're looking at woo, the greatest. Stan, Stan, son, listen, man, dad isn't mad, but how you gonna name yourself after a damn gun and have a man bun? Giant smoke, eyes open, undeniable, supply and smoke, got the fire stoke. Say you got me in a scope, but you grazed me. <laughs>